Jim Berenger. I'm alongside Mark Weiss and Coach Jay. Gentlemen, welcome back to another Saturday night show. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great. I know. Good. I know. Good. Jay's got a prop he wants to share with us. <laughs> which Which one? The hat. What my hat? Oh, one in your this. hat. This. this. Wait, you see, it's this, and this is. It's all worn in the front because it's time for the play with the playoffs when we haven't won it in a long time. Got dust there you on go. it. You got some dust on it. And got we'll get to we got a lot of topics to discuss tonight, and, and we'll get to a lot of it. Hopefully, we'll get to all of it here on another Saturday night show before hockey night in Canada. Tease up at seven o'clock for the pregame show before the show that happens at seven. We got a lot of things to discuss. Uh, mostly, we're going to get through the Central Division today as we've been working through our divisional preview shows. But I want to kick a couple things, a couple uh, topics before we get there. One of them being the ugly start up north for two teams. One not so ugly, one definitely ugly. And I want to also touch on the San Jose Sharks real quick before uh, we get into the Central Division, just because. I like what they're doing thus far. And we're talking about bounce backs. And we'll mention Holpe in the Central Division with the Dallas Stars. But I know Mark being a defenseman, and I think this is where we'll start off. Being a defenseman, you know, I'm watching these Sharks games because they're playing a lot of East Coast teams right now. And I noticed two guys, uh, Big Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, two guys looking to have nice bounce back seasons. And they're coming out with a different attitude. And that Sharks team is definitely coming out with it different attitude after what happened last year, the disappointment, not making the playoffs. They, they, they were a perennial playoff team. And there was a lot of talk that Burns and Carlson have lost a step. But what I've seen through this early on in the season, these two guys are having a nice bounce back season. You know, I was watching their game the other night and the theme was bounce back season, but more of a rededication to their craft. You know, this is what happens to older players. What worked in the past stops working, and you got two choices. You throw your hands up and you give up and accept mediocrity, and then eventually you're out of the league, or you find a way to find the fountain of youth. And that's with shortcuts or just with figuring out other ways to do it. And they have. And you can see Burns taking a shorter shot. So he's getting his release quicker now, and so he's getting more shots on net. And he's concentrating on the defensive side of the game, which is a big thing. Carlson, you see the other night, he blasted a shot right through. I mean, I haven't seen that from that guy in a long time. You know, I mean, he, he was a guy built on his legs and now he's reinvented himself with his shot and he still has some leg, but you never know with that team. You know, last year, was it an aberration? I mean, the, the course of the last couple of years, been a downward spiral. If this team continues where they're at, then they might add some pieces. But if they don't, maybe these guys are moved you know, for future chips, although they do have big dollars and long-term commitment. So let's hope they keep going the way they're going for the Sharks because I think that's probably the only the, the only move they have is to stay the course right now. They could because yeah. the cap is going up after this season, I heard. Of the uh, you team. never know. You never yeah, know. I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's supposed to go up. That's the thing. It is supposed to go up with these guys, the money, especially for Carlson. They're lost. It's yeah. big. I mean, like I said last year, they were the reverse Maple Leafs. All their money's tied up in defense, and that's why they couldn't sign guy like Pavelski, who was playing well for Dallas again this yep. season. Um, they couldn't keep a couple guys. But what the Sharks have done is they, they've they added a Jonathan Dolly. They've added uh, William Eklund to their lineup, and they looked really good, and they've come in with a different attitude uh, this season, like you said, the recommitment to the craft. And let's talk about you know recommitting to the craft and last year, they, you know, they had Martin Jones as their goaltender, and who can't even start in Philly right now. 
and they and they traded for Aiden Hill, and and I've liked what he's done. I know we'll, we'll get to more of him next week and, and where he ranks, but Jay, I, I really like what Aiden Hill's brought to that team. I think they give him a, it gives him an air of confidence considering he played in with the Coyotes last year. Yeah, him, him and Ronta were great together in Arizona for a while. He's proven himself, you know, with committee in Arizona, but he played a lot. I'm not surprised because the save percentage is high. It's almost like we were talking last week. I was talking about Omar when I was talking about Bruins, but how great of a deal that is because of his high, the, the statistics he's been proven to have done, you know, played and shown. It's not much of a surprise about him giving, getting the chance to start, you know, most of the time and good for him. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. I mean, look, the Sharks, it's gonna, It's early on. It's still early. It's one of those things. Where, let's see if they can sustain it. Um, but, you know, the fact that they've beaten some good teams and the way they've won, you know, Aiden Hill was huge on Friday night for the Sharks against Toronto. Matthews had a bunch of good looks late. And he's the reason that game, the reason the one, the reason the Sharks won. So, look, good for them to get off to a nice start. Let's see if they can sustain it. And, and as I also mentioned off the top, not so nice starts. Um, up north, uh, if you're fans of the Canadians or Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, I know the Leafs are two, two and one, but somebody's throwing jersey on. I guess as 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 I heard today, I guess fans are tired of of watching the road what the road uniform at home. They want the whites back, and we saw that in Buffalo uh, last Buffalo. Philly uh, had Philly, Philly and Boston had the home whites. Philly was in the home whites, so maybe that was the reason. But look. I don't think it's time to panic into Toronto. I think Campbell's played well. Hutchinson did his job last night as a backup for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You just not I think the pressure is getting to them and I think these guys are starting to read the paper which is the wrong thing for these guys. Marner, Matthews, I mean granted Matthews is only second game back so can't really and he's shooting the puck really well and I think it eventually will go in the net, but Marner nothing there. You know, they need more from those big guys and that's the issue. I, I said it last week, though. I said their best goaltenders in Carolina, and you know their 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 heart and their soul is up in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That, to replace. I mean, I mean, look, Michael Bunting is doing a great job, and and you have Nick Ritchie, but look what Zach Hyman does for a team. I mean, you see what he's doing with Connor McDavid right now, and Leon Drysaddle. I mean, he's just five he's got up. five goals, and it's funny. Hyman is two multi goal games in a row. I, it, it's unbelievable what he brings to a team. Zach Hyman is doing well. Let's see if the Oilers sustain it. And McDavid sustains his pace of, of being on pace for 200 points. I mean, it does hurt that Mike Smith's out. But, look, you cannot factor how big uh, Zach Hyman was to this team. Uh, locker room guy. They've lost a lot of locker room guys. Um, and, and you know it's what, Jimmy? They, it's not like they were, like, jettisoning the guy and wanted to get rid of him. They just couldn't fit that type of player into that type of cap because they have so much money tied up in those high scoring guys that they don't have that luxury to spend a little extra to keep a heart and soul guy like that, who, you know, you don't, you don't always see what he does because it's not always on a score sheet. It's, it's almost like when they got when sod, you know, left, not sod. Oh, um, <laughs> here we go again. Uh, I can't forget his name. They missed him in the playoffs. Uh, he went to Colorado. Oh, Kadri. Kadri. Thank you. Thank you. Same. Hyman. Same guy. It ain't the stats. It's what he does without the puck. He's a di- he, he, he's he's going into the corners. He's doing all the the dirty stuff on a line that the scorers and are allowed to be in their positions more. Because they know he's going to dish it, and he's going to get oh. to the puck. Although, if you saw the goal that Drysidle scored yesterday, he didn't even have to be in position to score. He had no. he was in this weird angle that, like, if you took, if you or I took that shot a hundred times, we'd miss it a hundred times. And he threads the needle. That guy's just sick. Look, and that's the difference. Like the Edmonton Oilers top guys are stepping up. Uh, you know, McDavid and Drysidle, and and I think that's what Toronto fans expect out of those guys. They they want that production right away. And you could see clearly see the pressures getting to them. But their and guys it, aren't as good as those two guys. I mean, I think Matthews is. 
I think Matthews is as good as as Drysaitel. Uh, maybe not McDavid, but you definitely know. not McDavid. I mean, yeah, but, I but, think Matthews and Drysaitel can call that a wash, but you can't. You, you know, can't Marner, Marner Marner's, is, is McDavid. Marner's MIA. Marner's MIA. William Nylander's playing well. Tavares, they need more from. Um, yep. So it's going to be interesting. Like, look, it's two, two, and one. Don't hit the panic button. It's still early. Get, glad they're getting it out of the way now. Oh, um, I don't think they should hit the panic button. Whereas I think the the team that's that's to the east of them is starting to hit the panic button. Oh and yeah, the Canadians. Yeah, Canadians. I mean, look, zero and five. Not even competitive in their last several couple of games. You can clearly see the loss of Philip Deneau is huge on this team along with Price and, and Weber not having those guys in the locker room. They mm-hmm. they have the talent to get the goals. Mm-hmm. They're just not getting it. And you could – I mean, look, you could talk about what happened with Carolina and the Ajo and Cockney, I mean, all the, the social media stuff after the fact. And and you knew they were going to lose that game when the Gallagher goal <clears throat> was disallowed, which is probably a goal because that – I think it's I, a reputation call. I think so too, but I think I think it should have stood as a goal. I didn't. Really I agree, see it. and I think if it was if you did it or I did it, we get the call. But Galley's not getting that call. No, and, and Jay as a goalie. I mean, look, Anderson makes contact with Gallagher. Gallagher's holding his position. I, I mean, usually the sign of goalie interference, the goalie throws up his hands and looking at the official. He Anderson didn't. Anderson didn't seem to have an issue. No, he didn't. Yeah, no. And nobody thought anything of it until the coach challenged. Right. No. Yeah, because like you said, the goalie right away would be like, you know, so he didn't have a problem. It wasn't. And he didn't didn't even see it. He didn't even. It's not like it impeded him. The puck was past him before they even made contact. I mean, that turned into the turning point of the game. And the way things are going right now, let's hope it's not the turning point of the season. Look, you know, Bergevin had talked to the media to calm everything down. But the issue is, is, look, I'm going to say it here and I might get you know, killed on hab sites and that's fine, but I'm being You're critical. Mike. I'm being critical and I'm being an analyst and that's my job here. And I'm not, a, I'm not, you know, a fanboy. The Montreal Canadiens were not a playoff team last year and were not a playoff team in the return to play bubble. They were the eighth team last year and they, again, they backed in last year and they were the final team to get in in the return to play bubble. And they went on runs because Carey Price was Carey Price. You could clearly see that this team has flaws. And they got on a run last year. And as we talked with Chris last week, things went their way until they ran into the lightning. You could clearly see the reason it's not a big of a deal is because they went to the final. If they had not gone to the final and missed the playoffs or lost early, this would be more of a bigger deal. But they have the final You'd be like, all right, yeah, they played long season, whatever. But the te- the fact of the matter is that team wasn't good enough to be in the playoffs to begin with. Uh, I think if they didn't, I don't think I think if they didn't make the playoffs last year, you'd you'd see a different coach, a different general manager, and a whole load of different player player moves. Well, would have happened. And, and, and well, look, like you said, for- Price played like he was Vesna again. Price came back and. Took that team on his shoulders. I mean, look, guys, tell me one team that can lose two Hall of Famers from one year to the next. He was injured. He said he was. I mean, his heart and he found the fountain of youth. And when they got in the playoffs in that fourth seed, it was come on. It was the goalie out. I mean, and then you, they yeah, they were also down three games to one to Toronto, and thankfully it was to Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, and look, not having Weber in the room, you know, no, no, no. You know, Suzuki and, and Caulfield are off to a little slow start. You know, where's Toffoli? Where's Hoffman? You know, yep. Druin's got a couple of goals. But the, the fact of the matter is, there was a point last year, the Calgary Flames were, th- were within two points of the Canadian and just couldn't get the job done. Um, the big thing is, is Bergevin doesn't have a contract extension, doesn't. We don't know if he's going to get extended. He says he wants to stay. That could be hanging over the team as well because that hampers the team from making any moves because the owner may not allow him to make the moves. That's a good point. And on the Hab sites, we hear rumblings about other people's names in the mix. And, of course, a lot of it's the normal cast of characters being thrown out there. 
And that there's like rumors that ownership is having conversations with people. I, I think the reality is you got to get this guy either signed long-term to run this team, or you got to get somebody else in here. You can't, you can't have a lame duck running a franchise. No. Talking Patrick Wah. Come back. That's his name is definitely on the top of the list. I've heard Absolutely. it bandied about enough times already. Yep. The, problem is, the problem is Wah has, has not held the general manager position in the national. And that's team. what they and that's what they, they said. You know, a guy who took a college course versus a bunch of people who've been doing it forever. You know, why would you pick him? <laughs> so yeah. he's a it, legacy. It's gonna, it's, an, it's gonna be interesting to watch Canadians and see if they can bounce back tonight against Detroit, who's who's off to a nice start as well. So that'll that's be a must game. Win. Yeah, um, and I'm going to watch the Toronto-Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh's missing a bunch of guys because of COVID protocol and stuff. We've well, got the biggest uh, game tonight. The biggest game's at 10 o'clock. Yeah, Seattle cracking coming into the league, Vancouver Canucks. Oh, Seattle starts, but home this open. is their home opener. That'll be a big game for sure. Everybody, All eyes on that game. That'll be definitely a fun one to watch for sure. Here's a strange thing about that one. Root, which is their local broadcaster, is not covering the game. It's on ESPN tonight. They, they ESPN, have the rights to it. ESPN Plus. Yeah, ESPN Plus. So a lot of local folks in Seattle are griping about not being able to get the game. Hey, that's the way of the world. Uh, I'm not going to – yeah, exactly. Look, it's a shame you're not going to be able to hear John Thorson and all those guys do that game because it's fun. Look, right. I will say this. Before Cost we hit the – Cost me an extra $2 in my Disney Hulu back to get ESPN Plus. Best two bucks I ever spent. Look, I, I, I have the bundle. It's great. I love it. Uh, but look, it's two dollars. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> Seattle's a good team. I think they're they can compete for a playoff spot. They have some things to work on, which we'll discuss next week. Um, I saw them in person on Tuesday night. They have a lot of good things going. They just got to settle down. They're an expansion team. You can clearly see it. Um, and I don't know if that 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 if Haxtell is the right coach for this team. We'll see. Again, it's early. It's not time it's, to overreact to it's not, the situation. But, but the problem is it's, they've got the, the aura of Vegas looming over and, them. And, and, and that's, and that's the expectations and the ante for them. And that's, and that's a shame because Vegas – It's a ridiculous expectation. Fell. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you can't, you can't uh, tight cast them coming but, in and expecting the but, same but, thing. But, but that's what they hyped it up it. as for the last two-plus years. So everyone – especially people there who are not normally hockey fans who are, you know, jumping on the bandwagon because it's great to have a, another team in your city or your metropolitan area. They, they, they heard the hype about Vegas and they're expecting at least something close to that. That's a lot of pressure. It is. It's too much pressure. Yeah. That was, that was, that was at one in a hundred. No one picked Vegas to make the playoffs when they no. came in. Nobody. No I, I looked no. at it this way. I looked at Seattle and I no. saw who they had and I said to myself, They've got the makings of a decent team. They're not going to be Vegas in their first year, but they're not going to be the 62 Mets either. They're going to be somewhere in between, and they're probably going to fight for a playoff spot, and maybe they'll be lucky to get an 88 spot or something like that. Still, for an expansion team, that's a wonderful season, but the whole Vegas phenomenon makes everything else seem like it's worthless. Yeah, and, and like you said, next, and I guess the next week we'll get into more of the roster and, and how yeah. everything is. But, look, they have a good team. It, it, it again, you gotta just. It's an expansion team. It, 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 there's growing pains. Vegas is learning about those growing pains right oh, now. Oh, yeah, they are now with their injuries and all that stuff. Expansion teams are supposed to go through growing pains. That's how it's supposed to be. It's not like the early 90s when the Lightning came in, when the Sharks were there, when the Panthers or Ottawa, hit, or Ottawa you know, when they won like six games that whole year, first season. Yeah, it's not like that, but the Sharks actually did pretty well in their first season. Remarkably, they actually had a good team. So, again, a couple of things we'll take a look at. All right, you talked about pressure. Somebody brought up pressure. Let's talk about pressure. Colorado Avalanche had a lot of pressure put on them this season. We'll get into the Central Division right here. They were pegged to Stanley Cup favorites, win a Stanley no Cup. No Grubauer. No Grubauer, no Don Scoy. A lot of guys missing. Uh, no Nate McKinnon to start the season. You Very late clearly, signing of Landis Cog, too. He was hanging out there for a long time. This team had pressure. They had, feel like they have unfinished business. I don't know if Darcy Kemper's the guy between the pipes to get it done for them. He, Kemper, Kemper was very good in Minnesota. He can. And in, and in Arizona, too. 
and Arizona too. I mean, he can. But there were no expectations there. High percentage, high percentage uh, save percentage for him over his career. I mean, and he could feel like, you know, if he gives up three goals, the way that Colorado offense is, you're going to score five. So you always feel you got, you're going to win. It's not like, oh, shucks, now I got to. So he may, maybe, you know, it could work out. He's good enough. You just, you just, you just made a comment that tells me everything. What? I don't, I don't expect to win a championship with a goalie who's good enough. That no, scares me. No, Plus, yeah. Where has he played with any? Where has he played with any pressure? Uh, we, Colorado's we, a win now team. Colorado, in my estimation, yeah. should win this division and not really and not really have to worry about winning this division. But they got off to a really slow start, and they're in the middle of the pack right now. And I have to say, it's because the other guy they can play freewheeling offense and count on the other guy back there. And maybe well, this right. guy, this guy came I, from a tight defensive system in Arizona. I think they're hoping that they get Franchot back from the IR. Okay, soon. So that makes the tandem better. So maybe, you know, he's good enough. But I'm not worried about a tandem this early in the season. Yeah. The tandem I mean, comes look, to play a little further out, in my opinion. Right. And, and look, for, for, look, for Colorado, like they, it, maybe this is a good thing they face some adversity early on because, as we saw in the playoffs, they really weren't equipped to handle it. You know, Kadri, again, hurt himself not being yep. there. Um, but – they need to figure some things out because they, they're just not the same team that they were a year ago where they were just running through everybody. And, and you know, that comes with expectations and pressure. And like I mentioned, you know, um, last year with the Rangers and expectations, they were off to a slower start. Um, and it, it's all how you handle expectations there. But, you know, for me, I, I think that, you know, Colorado's just got to get back to their game and, you know, I think they made a mistake not prioritizing Grubauer and doing Landeskog. I think doing Landeskog and Makar first. I think they should have done the goalie first, get him paid, get him settled, and then worry about the rest. I understand Landeskog was a free agent and they wanted to keep him and stuff. I think there was a way to keep all three guys and they just didn't do it. I agree with you, Jimmy, but the, the thing was that even even when you say like they prioritize the other two guys, Landis Gog was sitting out there and the rumors swirling about he could go here. The Islanders might get him. This team might get him. That was happening way too late. Like it should have been like acknowledged that we're just talking about numbers now. Like yeah. take, take it out of the equation that anybody else is in the equation. Talk about the fact that we're ironing out numbers. Landis Cog's going no place. That should have been off the table. And then they could have also been negotiating with, with Grubauer's team at the same time. Instead, it's like they did one, the next, and the next. And that's not how you run a business. You have to do a lot of negotiating at, at different at the same time with different people. You can't just do it in a, in, in, in a linear format. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. I agree with that. Like, I think they should have just taken care of – they, they should have taken care of all three guys, but they should have He was have the perfect goaltender for this offensive-oriented team. And mm -hmm. Kemper – played in a defensive-oriented system, and those guys have a tough time adjusting to the more wide-open game. Just like the guys who play wide-open game have a tough time adjusting to standing around and having to make that quick snap save without having to see a puck for five minutes. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kemper, again, like, it's those high-pressure situations. I mean, he'd have to take on more on himself so they can play wide-open up front. They exactly. may be feeling that they need to back – and help them help out more defensively and not shoot out of the zone offensively as quick because they don't have Grubauer back there. I mean, hopefully that's not a, anything on their minds on Kemp. Give Kemp the opportunity. I he can make some good saves, but yeah, it's it's content, it's it's copper or bust from last right. year to this year. The the Grubauer to Kemper, yeah, it, that's gonna be a hard thing if it doesn't work out. And you know what? Maybe once the great Nate hits his uh, full stride, we're not even having this conversation anyway. Exactly. I think once they start getting rolling, figuring out combinations, the, their depth a little bit. And that's always been their issue is outside of the top line, they, they really haven't had depth scoring, losing Donskoy hurts, losing right. a couple yeah. other guys hurt. Uh, so, you know, look, it, again, it's not too early to panic. It, it's Colorado. I think they'll figure them, them things out. You know, we talk about – they're my number one in this division. Oops, I'm not yeah, supposed to say too. that yet. You got to. Uh, you have to. You have to. 
They're my number I mean, one. Yeah, Actually, I have I have my top two right behind me. So, <laughs> Look, all right. So let's let's go to okay. Dallas for a minute and let's talk about this. You know, everybody wrote off Braden Hopi last year when he's in Vancouver. He didn't really have a. Great I wrote him off. Two years in a row in his free agent year, he he didn't seem enthused like maybe what Trotz did with Grubauer starting in the playoffs got that part of him that he won the cup because he wasn't playing good before that. And then he didn't. No, he wasn't. Year. I mean, so really, could you really say, but maybe they found something, they some something or, clicked. Or maybe he realizes this is the last, the last stop on this, on this train. Yeah, exactly. And now he's playing well. You guys saw it firsthand. Rangers played the the, the um the stars in their home opener. Stars home played opener. really well. Hope he played, played great. Played great he's, last night. He's continuing to play great, and he's giving the Dallas Stars a chance to win. But he played great me, last night in the overtime win too. And he's killed well, the Rangers as he's a rookie. Yeah, exactly. He's like that was no there. surprise to me. That was like no surprise that he won that game because he's been doing it since 2012. Um, but. The one thing to me that's a little surprising, and it's the same issue with the Stars every year. I saw it before the Ottawa game, and I continue to read about it, and I've, I'm going to write about it. Your head coach cannot be calling out your top six forwards every single year. Exclude Pavelski because I don't think he should be in that conversation because he's been the best player since he's been there. Right. Um, but, again, Radulov, Sagan. Um, and Ben, those are the two guys that continually get called out. But Jimmy, I, I watch a lot of stars games. I, I, and I'm not going to say they're one of my favorite teams, but I, this, for some reason, I do watch a lot of their games and I'm, and, 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 and I always follow them. And those three guys that you mentioned, there's extended periods of time where they go MIA. Like you can watch a game and you don't hear Sagan's name mentioned at all. And for a guy who is, you know, as heavily publicized as he was, you got to hear more. And Ben's and Ben's a pedigree. He has pedigree. That guy did, didn't he lead the league in scoring one year? Roughly, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and like you don't mention him in the top scorers ever. Like it's like was that an aberration or you know is this guy on the decline because you know whatever? But he still wears the C. He is a he 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 does you know he's a lightning rod because of that. And honestly, I I think this team's only going to go as far as number four on defense takes him. Look, you got you got. Um... Klingberg, you got um, Essendon-Dell, you got Heiskanen, you got right, a number lot four of defense. That's the man, Heiskanen. He's he is the guy that I think is the linchpin for that team's offense. And and they're looking to renegotiate with Klingberg because they want to keep him around because they be they believe he is a, a cornerstone piece on defense. Smart. I think they have a sol I think they have a solid defense. I like the addition of Sooner back there. Um, you know, maybe not having Alexiak definitely hurts them. Um, but I, I like the stars and what they're doing. And, you know, they have a nice one-two punch now with Hopi and, and Hudobin, and they can rotate Ottinger in when they, if there's an injury. So the stars have a nice team, but it's just for me, continually having to call out your top six forwards is not a recipe for success. It's, it's such an old-school coach mentality. It's like a 1970s coach mentality or an early 80s coach mentality when the league was different and you didn't have to motivate players a certain way. It's just not working for these guys. I think they need somebody who is more of a positive reinforcer than a guy who's whipping them with a stick like this. That's just my exactly. opinion. Some guys don't listen, like it. Listen, it's a lot like San Jose riding, you know, a lot of guys who had great years and it's later in their years. And, you know, I mean, they were supposed to make it back when and change the scenery sometimes is the best motivator. If you, I think, I think a coaching change is in order for that team. I really do. So let, let's see. Let's see if Rick Bonus is going to keep his job for the rest of the year. You know, well, he's he's doing well with that team. So yeah, I know, and they, I know he's done well, but maybe he's the reason they're not going to get to the next level. Because, like you said, you just can't. You know, there's an old axiom that we have in the in the business that I'm in, which is called: people don't quit their jobs; they quit their managers. And if you apply it to this, sometimes I think some of these players are quitting their coach because he doesn't make them feel valuable. And that's the key thing as a coach nowadays with a younger group of players, is you've got to give them public positive feedback or at least keep your mouth shut publicly. And this guy's doing the reverse. 
They got to watch Slapshot. <laughs> well, everybody, everybody should be watching that. I mean, that's Absolutely. the holy grail of sports movies. So, I mean, everyone is every watch aspect. Kev is every aspect. You know, I mean, <laughs> they they didn't believe they didn't think that Bishop wasn't gonna not be there now starting the season. You know how how Harvey Bolton is not a he's never been a starting goalie in his career. He came back in the bubble in the playoffs, took him to the finals. He was a free agent. They rewarded him, but he was never a number one to carry the number one load. Hopi is, look, hey, you got a roof, always got a roof for goalies that they find something or help something. And he, Do you, you know, like that tandem? I like that tandem because they're two veteran goaltenders but who I think are going to push each other. I, I think they expected Ottinger to, be, to have been ready I, and able to take the load. Not and ready. he's not. And he's not ready. He's and now not. you have a pro- and you have a proven number one in Hopi, and you have a guy that can is perfect as a backup because I've said it for years. Halak and and Hudobin are the two best backup goalies in the league for yeah. years, and they're in their perfect roles. So it's, Dallas is definitely going to be a team to watch for sure. Keep an eye on the goaltending. Let's see if they continue the stars to get um, called out. You know, there was a big story over the summer going back to last year. Vladimir Tarasenko didn't want to be there because, you know, the shoulder surgeries. He didn't like the team. Um, now he's playing on he third wanted to go to the island. He wanted to go to the island. He, wanted to, he just wanted out of town. Yep. Blues couldn't get a deal done. He's starting the season with the team. He's on the third line. And the Blues are off to a nice start. Jordan Bennington's back to his old self. Vladimir Tarasenko's um, – Filling the net, playing with Robert Thomas on that third line. Who would have thought? But the Blues are off to a nice start. And, uh, you know, give credit to Craig Berube getting this team, you know, where they need to be to start the season. I have no problem with the Blues. I think it, they're, they're my number three pick. So we've just now top hit my top three for this division already. They're my number three pick. I think they're a solid team. I had them picked last year. I thought they were going to upset Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. I just had that feeling. It's probably going to be this year because I won't pick them for that because that you know how that how that works you know let's face it I'm gonna I'm gonna rest on my Canadians pick for the next decade so yeah um, everyone's gonna remember that they're not gonna remember my my lemon for St Louis in the first round hmm. but I mean they lost a couple of players they lost a good guy in the in the expansion draft number seventeen you know and so that's Sports, yeah yeah, yeah they I lost mean, the guy was a mainstay so. he was a mainstay for the franchise but I I, I like what Barubi does. I think he's a great. I think he's a great coach. I think he motivates his players. He gets the most out of what he's got. It's not the most talented team in this division, but they're the one of the hardest working teams. And as I always say, it's it's the heart. Yeah. The hard working is more important than the skill set sometimes, most of the time. Well, you're gonna respect him because he's a player. He was and a player, and he played. With I'm heart. sure if someone has an attitude, he's gonna get in his face. So it's not just yeah. I mean, it's not just a speech. And he won in 2019. And this is the Bennington that they're starting the season with. So time to get out of the gates and not lose this momentum they got going right now. And, no and, a, thing for bit, and a thing for Bennington is he's got extra motivation this year because everybody's going back to the Olympics. So he's going to want to have his name in that hat come the time they, they, you know, they put that team together. And his name is on the list right now. So it's going to be – it's definitely – I like what the Blues are doing. And like I said, Tarasenko on the third line, he doesn't have he doesn't have the matchups of the first two. He can f- face third-pair defense, and he's you know, had a couple of nice goals against uh, Vegas. And he's not tonight. complaining. And he's not complaining. And you know what? You put, the, you put the stuff aside. Maybe you raise your trade value. But if the Blues are going to play like this, they're going to want him on the team. So I like what they're doing there. Um, let's talk about Winnipeg real quick. Uh, they have some COVID issues going on, yeah, they do. obviously, with Shifley and Wheeler. But, you know, they get their first win the other night. Pierre-Luc Dubois looks like he's settled in right now. Uh, Kyle Connor, to me, is one of the probably the most underrated players in the league. He's got five goals already. Um, I like this team. You know, I, yeah, they get off to a slow start, but they're not going to push the panic button because Hellebeck looks pr- really good. Um, their defense has just got to adjust to the system. New, new bunch of new faces, and they upgraded that defense. But I like Winnipeg in this division to definitely make a playoff push. I got them number two. Woo! Hellebuck, if, Hellebuck stay, if Hellebuck stays healthy with that team in front of him, there's, there's no reason. You know, I mean, he's one of the most stable goalies in this whole division. 
Well, obviously the pedigree of uh, being a former. They're gonna need winner. him more. Without him, they're not making the playoffs. But if he's healthy, I don't see why they can't make at least one of the top four. Well, he's the kind of guy who's playing for two big things. One is obviously he wants to get his name on the cup. Everybody does. But number two, he he knows he's in the conversation if he keeps his trajectory of being in that conversation of greatest American goaltender of all time. So yep. that's that's an important factor for a lot of these guys. It really is a big pride factor for them. So oh, I, yeah. I, 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 have, I have Winnipeg as my number four team. And I don't know if the fourth team makes the playoffs in this from this division. I'm not sure, but I have them there. I think there's question marks. I think there's also franchise concerns too. Uh, I don't know what their limitation is right now for attendance at games. But I watched their the game the other night. Their, their attendance is good at games. But I watched the other night, and I saw a lot. I saw I saw a pretty empty crowd there. I didn't see it. I didn't see it as populated as I've seen the other teams. Now I know, like in Montreal, they still have restrictions. So I don't. I think I, there's. I think there's some restrictions in Manitoba, okay. COVID-wise. But also, you know, think about it. You're playing. I mean, it is their home opener, so they were playing Anaheim and and stuff. But still, you, you know. But if there's still restrictions. That's understandable. Look, I, I like the way I like Paul Maurice as a coach. I like that team. I like the way it's constructed. They upgraded their defense, which they needed to do. And let's see it when they when, let's see what this team looks like when Wheeler and Shifley are both in this lineup because I think they're a different team. And if Pierre Luc Dubois is going to play like that now, um, and you have Nikolai Ehlers, I think the Jets are the Jets will be fun. Well, I think Shifley's the key word over here because this is a chance for him to kind of. Because remember, his season ended unceremoniously last year, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and, he did, and he missed the first couple of games this year because of the way it ended last year. Exactly. And I think, you know, there's two things that can ha- happen when a guy comes back from that. He comes back a smarter, more mature guy. And even, even though, in my opinion, I, I, did, I, 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 I said at the time when it happened, I just can't – I couldn't suspend him the way he was. You know, I just – and and – I'm rooting on the Habs, and I'm still saying to myself, no, I'm not suspending that guy because I just – he's not that player. And But with that said, he's he's put that in his rearview mirror, and now let's see if he comes back as a true leader and takes the team on his back to another level. Then everyone forgets about that, and it doesn't exist anymore. Or if the reverse happens, then people are going to say that's a, a negative turning point in his trajectory in his career. And I hope it's not the latter, to be honest. He's a special player. Yeah, same here. You know, yeah. I think – I remember the play, and uh, I'm sure he learned from it. Just he'd have to, he'd have to hold back. Even I would have made the same play, Jay. Well, uh, time will tell, but I, I don't think – Yeah, think exactly. A time will tell. I, but actually, I let me rephrase that. I, I, I wouldn't have slowed up. I would have been going at that guy full force from the beginning. And maybe, and maybe that would have intimidated him not to make the tuck. But I don't care. Empty net playoff game. I got to put it all out there. I don't fall here. I really don't. That's why that that that's why a lot of people iffy iffy on because what would have you have done? You're in the playoffs. This guy's doing this. I mean, he got himself a Tom Wilson suspension. Look, I mean, in the past, and and it happened, and we can continue to debate this to the face. So look, I just think he's a good kid, and I'm in his corner. Yeah, it was a hockey play. It was a hockey play at the moment, right? In the in, in a play. I mean, come, you know. So, hopefully, never again. I just think I just think he's going to build on it, and he's going to be more of a leader and more of a contributor, even I, even more than he was before. That's what I, I think. I, think I agree with that. I agree with that. Now let's shift. Our, look, I'm going to save two teams real quick. I'm just going to go through. Look, I, I've watched. I've watched the Coyotes. I've watched the Blackhawks. Look, I understand the Blackhawks made a lot of moves. They brought in Mike Andre Fleury. Their defense is not good. They don't have a good team. Um, they're just a bad hockey team, and there will be some changes, no doubt. Um, it, the, the bad teams in this division are bad for a reason. The good teams are good. Look, Minnesota and Nashville are definitely going to be battling out for a playoff spot. I, I think Minnesota is definitely going to get the edge over them, uh, even though Nashville is signed at home and, and they have sorrows. I think Minnesota is a better team, especially with Kaprizov signed. Um, so I like I like their um, their composition. Minnesota they have Talbot there as well. So to me, I think you know I think I think Minnesota will be one of those playoff teams for sure uh, in in this division. I, I just 
the way they did they did it last year, and I, I did an even tougher division when you had Vegas and Colorado mm-hmm. in there. The way they played against those teams, I, I like that. But the, the bad teams are bad in this division, and look, it, it's going to be it's definitely going to be a fun division to watch. I, I think Minnesota's a good middle of the road team. I just don't I don't see anything there that just grabs me and say, yeah, that's exciting. I don't see anything that grabs me and says, oh, they're horrible. So it just to me. They're a middle-of-the-road team. They get on a nice run. They can make the playoffs. They don't get on a nice run. They can be on the outside looking in. That's what kind of season they're going to have. Nobody on that team really grabs me. They also lost two big players, and that was by choice, obviously. You know, they needed to change some things around with the franchise. I get it. It makes sense for them. They did what they needed to do. Smashville's in a semi-rebuild themselves. You know, they they they, they lost a guy who was a big a big heart guy in Ellis going over to Philadelphia. You know, that guy had been with the franchise for well over a decade. And uh, Soros now has to, co- has to, you know, handle the load in net. He doesn't have Pecorino standing behind his shoulder to come bail him out if he has a couple of bad games now. Now he's the man. It's a little bit different when the other guy is still there, even if he wasn't the number one. Now that he's out the door, it's all you, baby. And who knows? We don't know. We'll see. Yeah, let me say – I mean, we've all got out of the way that the ads I have the ads finishing first. Yep. Um, because even if the goaltending doesn't stand up, their offense is so good they're gonna win more games outscoring opponents than if their if their goalie isn't as good as Grubauer and they have to, you know, but they'll win more games either way, because Kemper's not a bad goalie. They just gotta hope that he's gonna rise to given this challenge and they'll be able to ride his back into the playoffs and win the cup. I mean, so the Avs are number one to me. Number two is the Jets. I picked it, I said before, as long as Hellebeck stays healthy, I definitely think they'll be second because then for the third is the Blues and you got to hope that Bennington keeps up the 2019 version because what happens if he doesn't? Uh, Huso? Huso has no experience. There's where the tandem fits If he's in. not 2019 Bennington, they're going to so, be on the outside looking in. Yeah, Exactly. So they're going to be shaking hands with Chicago, an old Norris Trophy rivalry for the seller. <laughs> yeah, and then four is Dallas because of Hopi having the resurgence, Hudobin, who's a proven grunt guy who can take and fill in for a while, and Ottoman, who's there, who they have like that depth. Most of them don't. Ottinger? Ottinger. Ottinger. I mean, Ottoman sounds like an empire or a piano manager. Hey, okay. So, and then possibly the wild, but like you're saying, they're not very, I mean, Talbert, like I've always said is, does he get, do you get the rate, the, the Talbert that, that earned this from his, how he played in the playoffs last year? A little mini run when, when Lundqvist went down. Exactly. And then that part in between where, when he went and it was like, uh Oh, you know, was it the system that taught him? But if he holds up, Kakinen's all right. Kakinen's good. But like you're saying, too, I mean, they lost Sutter. You, they lost Parise and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so then you got to hope the goalies really stand up to maybe take fourth. Like you're saying, four teams may not even be representing out of this as we go into next week. So otherwise, and then everyone else is – yeah, everybody else is like I said before. The bad teams are the bad teams in this division. Um, Chicago, like you got to wonder if Mark Andre Fleury is rethinking his decision to come back <laughs> at this point. Um, how bad that defense is in front of him. Uh, look, Patty Kane's Patty Kane, and and you have nice pieces there with Doc and DeBrinket. You, you just got to wonder how healthy he is Taves. Um, you know, is, was Duncan Keith that vital to that defense? That, you know. Of Seth so, Jones. Seth look, Jones. Look how well he's doing up in Edmonton. Case exactly. Closed. Exactly. Case closed. Um, so, you know, look, it, 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 it's definitely going to be a fight with Dallas and Minnesota for a, a playoff spot. Um, and Winnipeg definitely going to be in that mix somewhere. I think St. Louis could keep it, keep it up and Colorado is going to be just fine. So we'll see there. Uh, Arizona is just bad period. Yeah, bad, uh, they're just they're bad. bad. So it's going to be. Not only they're bad on the ice, but they don't even know where their home is going to be. No, they, they have no home. <laughs> Set. It's they could be bad. on the move again. Yeah, definitely could be on the move again for sure. So Houston. it's just. 
we may have we, we might have we might have trouble. <laughs> Look, I, I will I will end on this. Edmonton is is putting Keith in a role to succeed. I had this out with a, a, a guy. I didn't have it out. We had a nice discussion about the Islanders. <laughs> Two guys that we were on the beat with the Islanders talking about Chara, and he came out and tweeted what we've all said with that signing. Chara is better off being used as a seventh or sixth defenseman, not being played in the top four. And we both agreed on it. And that, that would might be a mistake that the Islanders need to figure out of where they, they're going to play him because he's not he's not the same player that he was. And he was exposed by the Blues, and he continues to get exposed despite having that long reach and being tall. So I like what Edmonton's doing with Keith. They're, so it, it's just a nice comparable. Um, so, it, look, Central is always one of my favorite divisions to watch. A lot of rivalries in there. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see. And I just want to get your guys' thoughts before we get out of here. You guys can make just a couple quick comments of what you like, what you've liked from the Rangers start, real quick, because uh, I know they played today. They had a nice comeback win. Obviously, for me, I've like I've loved watching Adam Fox, the reigning Norris Trophy winner. Dude's gonna get paid. He continues to play well. Sammy Blay made a nice pass the other night to Lafreniere, but you know the team is starting to play well. So I watched I watched a Fox make a move on the blue line where two guys crowded him. He does this spin and tuck move. Moves the puck, keeps it in the zone. Rangers score. He doesn't even get an assist on the play. I mean, if if you could lobby and say there should be a guy getting a tertiary assist, he certainly gets that one in my book because he keeps it in the zone. He just keeps getting better and better every single game. It's like watching uh, this young superstar develop right before our eyes. And he, he, how excited was he when he centers the puck? And his, and his defensive partner, Lindgren, bangs the puck home in the net. You know, it's like, when do you ever see one defenseman feed another one in front of the net and score a goal? He was literally more excited than Lindgren was when Lindgren scored the goal. This, this is the future of this team. He's already got a Norris Trophy under his belt, and he's only getting better. Uh, the best thing they could ever do for him is keep that C off his jersey and not turn it into Brian Leach version two. Let him just play. Let him enjoy himself. Learn from what the Bruins did. They never put the letter on Bobby Orr's jersey because they didn't have to. Just let him do his thing. Let Fox do his thing. An amazing, an amazing player right before our eyes. And he was a season's ticket holder for the team. That makes it an, an exceptional story on top of it. Add to the fact, too, that they've got quality people now in that room who are muscle guys and quality guys when it comes to things like that. So they, they've supplemented the great, the great hands people. And the goalie tandem is top notch for this league. And you know what? I got to I got to shout out to our old buddy Vasil, who him and I were banging heads the other day about goaltenders. And I called I called Georgiev, Georgiev a number two guy, and he goes, "He's not a number two guy." Let's say we agree to disagree, but let's just say in this rotation, which Shesterkin is the number one, he's the number two. And today he did what a number two guy should do. He started off a little shaky and slow, but he righted his ship, kept his team in it, and then. Boom, boom, boom. Three goals in a matter of, what, four minutes in the third period, and the Rangers go from a game they would have lost last year, 3 nothing, because they would have given up an empty net goal when they were down 2 nothing, to a game that they won 3-2. to two. And the character stuff that they did at the end of the game to make sure that Ottawa didn't even get a prime shot on goal, that's, that's something the Rangers didn't do. I attribute that to Gerard Gallant because this team is being coached now by a professional and not a college coach. Elias... Rooney, McKay, Goudreau, bottom. Goudreau, Goudreau. I, I didn't mention Goudreau yet, but if we saw it today, got the game winner. Blyas is very underrated. He was a very yeah. underrated. I think uh, we pronounced that Blay. Yeah, Sammy Blay is his name. Blay. Okay. Blay. Well, Blay. Every, everyone knows I butcher names. <laughs> like that's that's true. Coach Jail say a lot of things out of contest. Yeah, like like I have the name so I can, can so I can pronounce it right. Lund Kvist. 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 Lund Kvist. Lundqvist. So I don't say Lundquist. We go, whoa, Henrik? No, Lund the the rookie defenseman. The rookie six, defenseman, not the part-time commentator. Who looks who looks like, you know, he got he definitely got the nerves out of him now. He's there. He's not, he's the sixth. 
uh, as a second power play point guy eventually, see that in him. But I'm Shershkin. Whoa, God. I mean, listen, like again, those two games like that. The goalie has saved them and the team has saved the goalies. It's like a total team. Everyone picks each other up and and everyone's running on. Yeah, it's it's Gerard Gallant. He did well in Vegas. He did well in Florida. He's done well everywhere he's gone. The Rangers will go as far as Shesterkin and Adam Fox take them. Uh, They're getting getting depth scoring. Filipino looks settled in now. Um, Lafreniere is being put in a position to succeed uh, so everybody can get off his case. Uh, yep. The Rangers, to me, I've said it from the start. It's on Dolan. I've, ha- I've talked to a bunch of guys from Sportsnet about, you know, they, they were talking about this. I mentioned the stuff from Kip Brios. It's on Dolan, and, and it's not on Jury. There's pressure on this team to make the playoffs. This was the year they were going to take the next step to be a playoff team. You're seeing it right now, and they've gotten better. So Rangers fans have stuff, are, are happy right now. They're, they have a good team. Um, they, they, they're beating teams that they're supposed to, especially Montreal and Toronto. Um, beat and they beat an Ottawa team that they were supposed to beat the road trip. Let's see if they can continue it. They've had issues playing at home before, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. Yeah, 4 0 on the road trip. 4 0 on the road trip is probably one of the best road trips I've seen this team have in, in decades. Right. In so. Decades. So, as we wrap up, look, things are – it's still early, but they're playing well. A lot of teams are playing well. Don't overreact if your team is not doing too well. There's a long season, plus there's a break. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So, gentlemen, as we get out of here on a Saturday night before Hockey Night in Canada get, comes on the air, I thank you for coming on. I thank you for doing the show. Hockey fans, thanks for tuning in. This has been The Last Word on Hockey. Season three, episode three here on Mad Radio Network. I'm Jim Berenger, Coach Jay, Mark Weiss. I hope you enjoy your night. Have a good one. Good night, everyone.